The Passing Coincidence Podcast. Have you ever said to yourself, what are the chances? Welcome to the podcast series that hears real life accounts of events that were simply against the odds. Why not share your story and join as a guest by emailing info at passingcoincidence.com. The Passing Coincidence Podcast with Greg Dukeson and guests. Well, it's a very warm welcome for episode three of the Passing Coincidence podcast. To you for joining me, thank you for that, but also to my guest, Juliet Trail, PhD, and a massive honour for me, I have to say. I never really anticipated when I started this podcast that I would, well, find myself having a conversation with somebody so, well, engrossed in coincidences. It is not every day that you get to hear the thoughts of somebody who works professionally in the field of coincidences. Yeah, a background in contemplative sciences, the study of meditation and mindfulness, where Juliet worked as MD for the UVA Contemplative Science Centre. Juliet, tell me more. Yes, yeah, so that was um, a role that I occupied. I left that position in January of 2020. Oh. And yeah, so now I'm working as the, the managing director of the Coincidence Project. So uh, part of what I was doing with uh, Contemplative Sciences was... Um, teaching meditation and helping faculty across all of the schools and disciplines to integrate contemplation and meditation into the classroom. And um, in that, I also completed teacher training myself in a national course, it's actually gone global, called Mindful Self-Compassion. And I was getting more invitations to teach and adapt these practices beyond just professorial collegiate classrooms you know, yep. in many other settings and um, just realize the world needs a lot of this work, not just in the ivory tower, because only certain people have access to, you know, kind of prestigious higher education universities and everyone needs the work. So I um, branched out to become more of an independent. So now I'm giving, you know, talks and presentations and teaching for, for groups more on a consultancy basis, part-time. See. That, that, and then I, and Bernie snatched me up. He was like, wait, you're not working full time. And I said, not right now. And he said, OK, <laughs> the coincidence project is ready to be uh, given form because it was it was sort of existing in a theoretical space and it could take any form, you know, and he's like, we have to decide on the form and really launch the coincidence project as a new kind of um, initiative that we hope will also go global. So, um, yeah. you know, he, he asked me if I could come on to help him define that project and launch it. So we've been working together, um, just over a year. We actually had our one year anniversary of collaboration official. Oh, congratulations. Collaboration. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just a week ago, just over a week ago, we, it was like, yay, we've done a lot in a year. So it's been really interesting because of course the pandemic came in and kind of changed what I thought my um, trajectory into working independently outside of higher education would be, um, but because the coincidence project was kind of there to yeah. give me this, this, this amazing web um, of possibilities of things to work on. And then in between, I'm still working with um, conferences dedicated to contemplation and meditation and, and 
you know, those groups and individuals that have been able to hire me, especially virtually. And I did some more training this past year to teach meditation online because yeah. that's not the way people teach meditation traditionally. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my, my sort of business model that I had in my mind for developing a new nonprofit to do my work in meditation and contemplation um, was all about being able to be in person with people. And, yes. and work directly, you know, because you were saying, I can feel your empathy of the, you know, sound issues coming through the computer. And it's like, yeah, I've literally been working on <laughs> empathy and compassion transmission through the internet because we can't do contemplative work and we don't feel connected and safe yeah. and supported and um, have the, the safety that's necessary before we can extend our trust. And we have to trust something even to have our own internal experience be deep, even if we're not going to share what happened. So it's not just a, the two-way communication of trust, but even our own inner sense of, I trust what's happening right now. I can really go into this. Yeah. And the Which, internet is a strange place to do that. So I've been trying know, to figure out what that's like. Interestingly, on that, like you said, with the pandemic having changed how you've had to approach and work in the meditation and the conveyance of that, has mm -hmm. the pandemic and the fact that people have had to be more isolated, certainly, but has that, in your opinion, had people become more self-aware as a result of not being, you know, we get so busy, don't we, with this, that and the other, chasing our tails, trying to keep the, the work lined mm -hmm. up and the social side. But where that's been narrowed, do you think people have been more open to looking at themselves more yeah i think it was a huge wake-up call opportunity to do mm. that yeah. and probably some people that were overwhelmed by that possibility of self-inquiry self-insight self-awareness um may have just watched a lot more uh streaming television <laughs> you know Absolutely. there are ways to stay in our space and not be present with ourselves yeah. Um, even if we're sort of home alone. And I think, you know, technology sales, internet provider sales all skyrocketed with the pandemic. So, yeah. um, but it was an opportunity for introspection. And I, um, you know, I can't speak for every citizen of the world, but it seems to me like many people may have found a breath of air. And like yeah. you said, instead of just rushing around and being busy, there was a change to everybody's paces. And another thing that happens, um, you know, just the way the brain is constructed is that we're in automatic habits and patterns. The brain can kind of shut off. It doesn't need to apply much energy to think or uh, problem solve or imagine. No. Um, and, and it can just kind of be lost in mind wandering. And somebody actually gave me, someone gave me an example of that, actually, that very thing. Uh, it's based on a form of self-hypnosis, the analogy of when you're driving a car a long yes. distance, you get there, but you cannot recall the moments that you've just lived through, the three hours exactly. or whatever it was. You start off, put some music on, and boom, suddenly you're there, and that's all kind of gone. Yes, absolutely, exactly. And, and um, you know, I had a friend who was sharing a story with me once and he was telling me about um, this really poignant thing that happened to him when he was in college and he stopped in the middle of storytelling and he said you know it's really funny because it's like I'm telling a story about someone I knew well or a friend um, yeah. or even like a character I watched in a film or something I can tell you this story 
but I don't feel like I was there. I actually, I can't really remember being there for any of college. I'm not really sure who was there, but it doesn't seem like me, but I can tell stories about it, but I can't feel like I was really in that story. Like that was my story. I wonder where I was. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's, that's so um, crystal clear. You know, the way that we can get into uh, kind of habits and pattern behaviors and kind of shut off the active mind and also spend too much time in just thought, random thought, and we're really not embodied. We're really disembodied. So we don't feel like we are physically in our own life. And, you know, so so the the pandemic interrupts all that. It shatters the habits and the patterns because people cannot do all kinds of things that they're in the habit of doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All of that means that the mind has to wake up and figure things out. It has to be alert. And so unless people tried really hard, I would say the pandemic was definitely an opportunity for people to be more aware, more alert, more focused. Um, But there was a lot of stress. So there was a lot of dismay and really strong emotion, really strong emotion dampens our ability to really think clearly. So, you know, you've got an array of things that are happening in each person in response to the pandemic conditions. But, you know, one of the coincidence ambassadors that we're working with now on the coincidence project said in our last meeting, after the plague comes the Renaissance. I can't (laughs) wait to see the Renaissance. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, let's have a Renaissance. (laughs) Let's go out and have a hug a stranger day. You know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did that before the pandemic, but I'm certainly willing to do that again now. You know, we have a little like, I'm vaccinated, hug me. (laughs) Free hugs makes a resurgence. Hey, you know, as well, I I often think because, um, well, as part of like getting this podcast set up, I reached out uh, on social networks and everything. And in some cases, it was kind of like a tumbleweed as if like, you know, you think now either I'm talking in a completely foreign language that nobody understands what a coincidence is or they've forgotten about any that have happened to them or they're not willing to maybe share because a lot of them are very personal aren't they you know whether it's a feeling that you've had after you've lost a loved one or an encounter that you can't quite quantify enough yourself so you put it in the back of your mind do you think that there is a type of person who is more open and receptive to coincidence yeah there are definitely characteristics that help people to develop their coincidence sensitivity mm-hmm. and dr bernard Beitman that i work with on the coincidence project he actually did a lot of research on this over the last 15 years he developed a tool called the weird coincidence survey yes and you can take it i can Please. send you the link you can yes. put the link in the in the notes of this blog podcast brilliant um, our audience can take it too. So we've had thousands of people take the weird coincidence survey and he's had this tested as an instrument for um, reliability and validity, which are two of the main tests that you want to pass when you develop new survey tools for research. So he he did that. So it's a a validated instrument and looked at um, qualities that help predict coincidence sensitivity, people being aware, yes, I've had coincidences and maybe being able to say, yes, I've had coincidences where numbers repeat in sequences and I see the same numbers or the same animal comes up all the time or um, a certain date becomes poignant. Many things in my life happen on the same date across years. Yep. Uh, or um, I often think of somebody and then they call me before I have to call them. So there's some there's yeah. some of the questions are about, do you recall having this type of coincidence? 
Yep. And um, some people really seem to become very aware of a certain type of coincidence. And other ones are like, no, I don't think I have had anything like that. And one of the things that the Weird Coincidence Survey found is that people that have um, a sense of belief in something greater than ourselves, mm -hmm. that there is some greater order, or it could be a philosophy, or it could be a sense of religion. So yeah. religious, religious people, but also people that would not describe themselves as religious, but who have a definite sense in kind of the order and wonder of the universe, however they define that for themselves. Yeah. Because I, yeah, absolutely. Because I did, there was something else I read being a bit of a nerd ahead of us talking as well, where um, I can't remember exactly, it might well have been something you or, or Dr. Bernard uh, Beitman may have said. So if I'm quoting you back to you, be <laughs> flattered, not uh, um, but it, <laughs> yeah. it, something along the lines of that, in some ways, coincidental events don't necessarily tie in with a belief in God in whatever format it takes, because mm -hmm. you can actually just put that down to it was God doing it. It was God's will. Whereas yeah. in other aspects, people look at it differently and say, wow, that is like a strange energy that is around that has made that happen and yeah. sometimes i guess a sense of disbelief in a religion maybe i don't know makes the experience very different it can be i mean it's it seems like even if people are religious it helps increase their coincidence sensitivity that they're aware yeah. that mysterious and amazing things are happening but their sense of how they would explain that is different from someone who's very agnostic yeah and is someone who's so you know, we, a lot of times we, ha with the coincidence ambassadors, uh, we have a group of about 25 people that have previously written about, podcasted about, studied and researched coincidences. They've yeah. all been previous guests on the Connecting with Coincidence podcast. Yeah. And so we invited them back in to help us launch the Coincidence Project over the past year. We just started meeting regularly starting in late October. So we've it's about six months now that we've been collaborating with Coincidence Ambassadors and they are just a fantastic group of folks. And I know one of, uh, you know, one of the things we talk about as a group is um, how do you explain the mystical? How do you explain these numinous, uh, more than mundane reality experiences? And we talk a lot about quantum entanglement. Is it something to do with the, uh, you know, different beings in space time having previously been part of the same thing? Mm -hmm. um, like even even before the Big Bang, if you believe in the Big Bang, then we were all one thing. Yes. And and when you take one thing and you split it into two things, no matter where they are in space time, they're somehow related. They are and connected. So, yeah. Yeah. So the spin of one particle changes, the other one spontaneously changes to stay with it even though they're disconnected in space and time. Does that explain how we have things like telepathy? Does that explain precognition that we can see ahead to our yeah. future self in time? Does that help us understand why coincidences and serendipities occur? Like, so we, we've, we've talked a lot about that as a group. One of our coincidence ambassadors is um, a fellow named Sky Nelson Isaacs. And he yep. might be a really great guest for you on the show in the future. He he has studied it through the lens of physics and he looks a lot at flow <sighs> states when we get into flow and he's yeah. trying to understand when we're in a flow psychology state and we're encountering the material world, um, all kinds of synchronicities occur. You know, there can yep. be like an explosion of synchronicities because it's almost like in the flow that you're guided on the path where they're the most likely to occur. Yep. And 
And he thinks a lot about how physics might help us understand what's happening. See, that is the fact. I mean, this is what really fascinates me about this is the I mean, I, I listen, I, I got a horrible, I think it was a U for my physics exam when I studied, uh, which I'm rather proud of, actually. I didn't even need to know it was a grade that existed. But it was ungraded. But <laughs> yeah, the, in my other line of work, I work as um, I work as an independent celebrant. So I take funerals for people. I, I deliver the funeral services. I work with the relatives. And it also leads me on to another kind of, I suppose, subcategory of coincidence that perhaps, again, links in with the physics side of it a little bit, mm -hmm. in as much that you either have a coincidence that is connected to somebody who has passed, somebody who's lost, and you feel that there is a sign or a signal of some description, or you have the other category of coincidence where out of nowhere, you suddenly bump into somebody who you haven't seen for years when you're in a time of need and that person is there to come to your rescue in the present life, so to speak. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, you guys must have like a, a full spectrum of different kinds of coincidences on both sides that you look yeah. at. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, actually, Dr. Beitman has a book that's just gone into um, an in, in publication with a pending status called yep. Knowing Coincidences. That's his next book. So that should be out either in late uh, 2021 this year or by early 2022. They haven't given us the publication confirmation date yet, but sometime in the next um, year or less, Knowing Coincidences creates a taxonomy and describes these types yeah. And then in, in a type, you might have a few subtypes. So the signs and signals from um, those we've lost is definitely a type that there's yeah. some sense of connectivity with the presence of loved ones and loved beings, because it might even be pets. True. Yeah. That that are not here physically anymore. And yet something recurs that seems to indicate that there's still a connection to them. Yeah. Even though they're not here in the physical world in this moment in space and time with us that we can see. Because and so what's going on, you know? <laughs> I, I, there's one of the things that I use when I take a funeral service as well. And uh, it is actually, which is, again, ironic given my level of physics and overall scientific intelligence, but a law of physics that states that once it has been created, energy itself can never be destroyed. Yeah. And that, I don't know. I again, I don't have the science reasoning to get my head yeah. around it, and yet I find that really comforting to know yeah. that the energy of somebody who's no longer with you could technically somewhere, somehow in the cosmos around you, could still exist. It could be absorbed into a wall. It could be anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 you know, you, you just makes you wonder. It's like your head wants to explode with it. <laughs> yeah. How do you cope? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people that begin to experience um, synchronicity and coincidence of various kinds get really overwhelmed by them. And, yeah. you know, one choice is to try to uh, just kind of dampen it to numb out. And uh, if you really want to explore it, do new things like travel, try something new, because when we break out of those habits and patterns, we free ourselves up and we uh, turn our minds back on more. So that they're more aware of what's unfolding around us when it's irregular when it's very regular and predictable the mind is like yeah 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 got this and kind Auto of goes pilot. to sleep yeah. yeah and so even if more even if those coincidences are continuing to potentially occur around us we're more likely to miss them and 
you know, that's a choice people can make. Like, I'm just going to do a lot of regular stuff right now and I can't handle all this weirdness. Or this is really great. What do I do to help encourage it? I, I'd like to have more of these experiences. And we, some of the coincidence ambassadors that we work with are um, therapists, clinical psychologists, social workers, um, psychotherapists, Jungians, etc. We have a whole handful of folks that are therapists. Wow. And that's one of the things we're working on is actually kind of a position statement to yeah. offer people about what to do when you get overwhelmed by coincidence and yeah. synchronicity. And it actually can get you really like animated. And when you go past animated, you can get to manic. And yeah. if you get stuck in manic, it can be really bad. People can have um, breaks with reality where they need some medication, they need the, the help of a trained therapist, they might need hospitalization. But there are times when people are just having kind of a spiritual awakening yeah. And it's getting mislabeled as a manic or schizoid break. And it's not that. It is more of a spiritual emergence of enlightenment. It's kind of like going up, like leveling up when you play a video game and you beat the big boss and then yeah. you level up, you know, yeah. and you have that net and everything is just more complicated and more weird and more interesting. And it's kind of like our reality is set up like that. And so sometimes it's about leveling up and then all of a sudden there's a whole new reality that we're subjectively experiencing. And it can make people around us perceive us as a little crazy, yeah, <laughs> possibly, yeah. possibly in some distress, maybe yeah. too animated, too manic. So, um, you know, in particular, uh, helping Dr. Beitman to write this statement is uh, Chris Mackey. He is a positive psychologist, a clinical psychologist in Australia. And he's been studying this for like 20 years. He himself had a manic state about 20 years ago and and struggled with being labeled, mislabeled, diagnosed, misdiagnosed. Even though he was a member of the community, he was an insider who understood um, yeah. psychology and psychological diagnoses. He still felt like a lot of friction with how people were labeling what he was going through. But it was really a spiritual emergency is a phrase people use. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, yeah. not just an emergency, but also just an emergence. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and some I've heard it uh, also stated as, is it a breakdown or is it a breakthrough? Yeah, it may it's a good feel point. like a breakdown. You know, people say, oh, I'm having a nervous breakdown. But a breakdown can be a good thing because part of what's breaking down is that that numbed out habit pattern self and numbed out habit and pattern life and behavior that breaks down. But yeah. we continue to exist. There is there is a, a life force in us. There is a being who exists regardless of external circumstances. You know, yeah. you have people, you have people like Nelson Mandela who had to spend decades in prison. And when he reemerged, he had had a breakdown, but it was a breakthrough because he emerged an entirely different being, um, yeah. no longer on a path of violence to create change, but on this path of peace and compassion and insight and wisdom to, to have impact on the world. And he really couldn't be moved from that anymore. He had and this forgiveness. insight. Forgiveness, forgiveness is yeah. such a yeah you know and and prison prison broke down the warrior he was but it it also then allowed him to emerge as an as a new type of spiritual warrior just as yeah. effective but now he was one who brought forgiveness and who who brought the potential for peace without violence being the mechanism to achieve so do you, peace 
would you say as well then bringing in your knowledge of like and i've got to admit i wave my little white flag of ignorance to some degree it's something i've kind of got an appreciation of without actually having done it but when it comes to meditation for example mm. you know you talk about that solitude that nelson mandela went through and that solitude mm. must have led him to inwardly reflect and like you say he would have had numerous different manifestations from anger yeah. through to the peace but do you think yeah. with meditation itself that if we were to and me being an example never ever really done it love to do it don't know where to start but mm. would you suggest then that that state of meditation maybe even trance to some degree can actually bring about more of an inward self-awareness as a result of doing it i mean i, I only ask that as a random uncoincidental connected question but i just absolutely I'm yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it's been so interesting because you know my initial pursuit when i was leaving academia to go uh to become more of a private public sector person was to bring meditation and contemplation and um to more people and then bernie said wait do coincidences too and so then we said well we need to like figure out how they connect and so we've had this long this year-long dialogue about what's the connection between meditation or other contemplative practices and the kind of awareness that that you cultivate in those practices and coincidences and um it the key is if you hit right on it 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 you develop this inner awareness this inner observer bernie likes to call it the self-observer and i like inner observer or self-observer either of those terms is very accurate so in a lot of contemplative practices you begin to watch your own mind and yeah. you watch you watch your emotional reactivity you learn to watch the body and see how the body the emotions the mind are linked and what happens um when something kicks it up and stirs it up like somebody pisses us off and cuts us off in traffic yeah. you can feel all of a sudden the body goes whoosh and then the motions are like how dare they and then and then the mind is like i'm gonna get them i'm gonna cut them off i'm gonna give them a gesture i'm gonna yell at them i'm gonna um wish bad things at them, like whatever, but, but, you know, the body and then the emotion and then the thought, everything gets directed because something like really impactful has happened in meditation. You might even choose to explore a moment like that, bring it back to mind as if it's happening for the first time where you're in a calm space, not actually trying to drive a car and do this. <laughs> it's a little safer to be at home sitting somewhere comfortably and contemplate this than do it in a car don't recommend for beginners. No, exactly. Yeah. No, for, close your eyes for a moment. Yeah. Yes, don't do that. So don't try this at home kids, you know. <laughs> We're experts. No, just kidding. Um but it, but it is like you can bring back experiences, poignant experiences to mind. You know, you can bring back a moment when someone um gave you a criticism that really stung and how we feel after that moment that somebody's you know even when we're a kid and someone says i hate your shirt what your mom still dresses you you know and you can think of that but you just crushed you know yeah. and maybe you were super proud of the shirt and you thought it was like the bee's knees and now somebody's telling you look like your parents still dress you and you know whatever it can it things can just poke holes in our our sense of worthiness, our sense of being valued enough to show up and continue to exist that are just devastating. And it's a little thing, but it can hurt so much. So in meditation and contemplative practices, you might have a moment like that come back and 
feel the way, oh, you know, like the sinking and your stomach hurts like you, like you want to throw up like immediately, you know, wherever you're feeling it in the body and then the emotions that come with it, then the thoughts that follow those emotions that say, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't be trusted. Yeah. To dress myself, I'm hopeless. I I have no sense of style. And then people might 30, 40 years later carry that as a piece of their self-definition from a Definitely. horrible criticism of some petty kid, like whatever, trying to and you know, to, to bring that back in for analysis, we begin to see our own the way we're wired, you know, as beings, you know, we're just meant to protect ourselves and and to fight for our lives when we have to. Yeah. But that self insight is so valuable. And if we're willing to look at how things unfold and look at how they affect us and stay aware without getting completely overloaded and shut down, that, that meditation practice can give us the capacity to, to stick with it and not just run from ourselves when something difficult happens, but to kind of be there like your own internal parent or your own therapist or your own like I'm, soccer coach. I was just you know, going like, to say, standing it's like on the you, sidelines, like yeah. you got this, you're going to be okay. You've been through something like this before. You can get through this now. You know, you remember that thing when we were eight, we got through that. We're not going to let this new moment break us now. Like, you know, you have to kind of cultivate some inner voices uh, that help you with your resilience in the yeah. face of adversity and sadness and loss. Because Bernie and I have, been collaborating on coincidence during the pandemic when we have to do everything virtually we've also noticed that technology gets really glitchy when there's moments of, of intensity passion yeah. or high emotion really and yes and that i i'm on so many meetings mostly in zoom but some on google meet and the other platforms microsoft teams etc um and somebody gets really passionate things will glitch and i've yeah. even noticed it on the cell phones um on a call yeah. that someone will get like really into about what they're going to say and then the technology fails. I feel like the, you know, Wi-Fi and the telephone signals are conducting us they're to each within, other around yeah. the world. Yeah. And we do not fully understand what is conducted and, and sent out with our emotional field. All of those but, signals have to go through us, don't they, as well? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so the signal's going out and the signal has passion. The signal has... In thought intensity yep. and awareness intelligence the signal definitely has emotion yeah and we are connecting through a wi-fi signal that's conducted in ways yeah. that most of, the, of us common people like if the internet grid failed i could not help society rebuild the internet grid i don't know what it is <laughs> i don't know how it works like i'm a smart person that knows some things yeah. but i have no idea i am not going to no. reconstruct cell phone technology no you know <laughs> you know i'm just not going to do. do it and but it's conducted that I can see, I can clearly see that we have conduction around the world. And, and so it's not so far-fetched to think like that the emotion and the thought are also somehow conveyed or conducted and they might get entwined with our technology signal and then yep. heightened emotion might cause glitching. I just notice it's so, so, it just happens all the time. And yeah. it's one of the things I've been paying attention to because people are like, oh, in a pandemic, well, coincidences decrease because people aren't interacting in this, you know, as out in the world yeah. as much. But I've actually had really cool coincidences happen in online meetings as well, like yeah. really cool coincidences. And so technology can still be the host of coincidence. But my, it's my not guest, just physical. My guest last week uh, on the, or the last week's episode 
um, Billy Joe Cones, who's uh, another voiceover artist. And um, mm. I'd posted on LinkedIn soliciting people to tell me there and share me their stories of coincidence. Ah. Now, she um, saw my post because one of our mutual connections liked it um, and then liked my post. And when I looked at her profile minutes earlier as an exercise on LinkedIn to get to know the people she was connected with, she has said, uh, literally, um, I'm really interested to hear about anybody who's had any weird coincidences. And then like literally moments apart. So I had her on a guest as a guest on the last episode and it was fascinating. And then, um, yeah, well, obviously reaching out to you has been awesome. And while I, 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 I hate to sort of say I'm going to have to bring us to a bit of an end in a minute, but I would love to kind of keep tabs on you and dr biteman as well and you know maybe yeah. link link up again because i'm trying i want to yeah. cast i want to catalog as many coincidences as i can and yeah. maybe i can you know if if you fancy it you can hear the different range of ones i have and vice versa if there are any of the people that you're connected yeah. with that maybe want to come in and share a little bit of insight that i can put out there as well in a different format it would be wonderful and i feel so yeah. on i feel honored that you took the time to talk with me today i really do yeah well let me let me wrap with two different thoughts before yeah. we end because um one is the the example you have on linkedin and the issue of conduction i was just talking about yeah. um one of the theories that um that dr biteman has is that there is a psychosphere the mental atmosphere around the planet yeah, that that's actually a, a physical area around the earth in which those thoughts and feelings can be conducted. And then they might find each other or match or connect. Yeah. And, and so that the field in which they're conducted is called psychosphere. That's a name that, that Dr. Biteman coined. I like and that. And then an example of how it might work is that somewhere on the earth, you sent out this little signal, like a little radio tower. I want to hear coincidence stories. Bing. Yeah. And then there's this other woman on LinkedIn who decides to use the same platform, by the way, who just goes, I want to hear coincidence stories. Bing! And she and said, then, you sent the signal and she sent the same signal. And it went up in the psychosphere and was like, did he triangulate through a third party? Yeah. She clicks like, you go to the page, you find each other on a mutual page, you track each other back to your pages, you realize you both just posted the same thing seconds apart. Yep. And that is an example of how the psychosphere might operate. Yeah, that we I, I, send up a signal and we find like signals that like calls to like in like a magnetism that somehow there's a force of attraction between things that are similar. And so what we put out, we are more likely to bring back to us, which has been a, a theory of how the world operates for thousands of years. Many of the yeah. wisdom traditions have that theory. And, and maybe this is some of the operating principles behind that in the psychosphere. I like that. The, the psychosphere. The, I, I, other, I, I'll be using that word like I know, not like oh, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Use it's all it. Part throw of the it around. Throw it around. We yeah. are hoping. We are hoping with the coincidence project to begin to um, tell more people out in the world, like, yeah, share your coincidence stories. They're amazing. They're interesting. If you are willing to share one, it's a little vulnerable, but your friend probably has one too. And we're just not in the, it's not the norm. We're not in the habit of sharing all these stories. But if we did, how much more magical and beautiful and mysterious and, and weird and 
comic would the world be for all of us if we are willing to kind of like come out of our comfort zone and just like offer offer this up you know yeah. and these new these new ways to describe it that the psychosphere might be a place in which it operates that human gps might be a kind of capacity that we have and animals and plants have too so it's not really just human gps but it's sort of like sentient life gps yeah. that we can we will be drawn to places where we are needed because maybe we're the one in need so we were the one who drew something in and then suddenly found the help or the interruption or whatever it was that was needed uh, in that moment that high need seems to drive coincidences is another force like breaking our habits and patterns things like travel um like you were mentioning that you've seen a lot because you work um with those families holding funerals and dealing yeah. with the loss of a loved one really extreme life events break all of our habits and patterns so they get us in that vulnerable open state where we're not doing the normal things where we're numbed out and on autopilot and so births marriages divorces deaths major moves um major change in our status whatever it might be finishing something big um taking a different job losing a job all of these kinds of events they they put us in that open vulnerable place where coincidences might just happen all around us and the story i was going to tell when when i got too passionate and the technology glitched on us um yeah. was just an illustration from from life because we talked sort of theoretically a lot but we haven't i haven't shared a lot of particular stories so i was supposed to go out of town um and then on on early saturday morning when i would have needed to depart i just had to write the group that i was meeting with and just say you know physically and emotionally i just can't I can't handle it. It's too much. It's yeah. not the right time for me to take this trip in the way we set it up. I can feel that it's going to make me physically unwell to like force myself to do this right now. Um and I just have to honor that and not go even though it's something I was looking forward to. And then uh I had a very nice day and late in the day another friend sends me a text message and says there's this beautiful event happening tonight. I have tickets for myself and my partner but we can't go. Would you like free tickets? And it was meditation out at a farm estate here outside Charlottesville, Virginia, um with a little yoga practice and then a sound bowl, sound meditation, then a community gratitude practice, then like a sensory meditation that went into a dance party with a DJ at this beautiful farm nice. and we were welcome to use their pool and so and it was like looking at the Blue Ridge Mountains as the sunset. And wow. And an hour later, I mean, my husband and I live 40 minutes away from the the farm, but we we were there an hour later so we could get we caught the gratitude meditation onwards. Yeah. And we were um invited to sit with eight fine groups of eight people. Ours ended up with nine, and um everyone had time to go around and share something they were grateful for as a, a practice in this community. It was such a lovely event um thrown by this new organization called Fun Seville, and it was more than fun because it was so thoughtful as well. Um yeah. And I ended up in a group with um with three different men that all do work on on healing the sort of sacred masculine and the and the kind of healing that we need and I've been working with a women's group that's been doing that and we've said we want to go forward and partner with the men doing this work yeah and start start doing some gatherings that honor both the masculine and the feminine in each of us 
that we each have those aspects to our nature. And even if it's a very dominant aspect, like, I, you know, a, a man that feels very much like they're a man and yeah. a woman that feels like a Alpha. woman or a, a woman that feels like she's very much a man, a man that feels very much like a woman. We have a lot of blurry transgender identities now, too. And, and to come together to do that in partnership. And so I found myself sitting in a circle with three men qualified to help us design that work. Wow. I, I didn't do anything but kind of follow the breadcrumb trail first. And, and you weren't even in the mood to go out. You weren't even of a mind to be doing, and you went, and that, 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 that led you to be with those people. That's incredible. Yes. And so, like, that, that's a synchronicity. You know, Jung called synchronicities um, things falling together in time. Yeah. That there's a sync, and then there's the chronos, the time, and then the alignment in time. And I had the capacity to go to an event because I didn't force myself through the whole day of travel. I had calmness and I was able to be with my husband and I was practicing work on music because I'm also a musician. And I was just this beautiful state working on music. My husband was also in his space working on music. And then I got this, you know, this little thing from the universe, this text message from a friend, would you like these free, <laughs> yeah. free tickets? And yeah. I looked looked at the event online, never heard of this event. And I was like, it's meditation and then a dance party. This is so totally me. I love dancing. Yeah, just what and you I love, like going to clubs, but I also like the, the contemplative side of bringing yeah. them together. So innovative. And, Amazing. And, you know, we show up, we arrive, we sit down, gratitude practice starts. It was the first thing that happened as soon as we got there. And then I'm in this circle with three people that I will very likely be collaborating with in the near future. It was just so beautiful. And it was this, this idea, if we let go and, and we trust our instincts and say yes, when right, meet opportunities, unexpected things come along. Yeah. Then we kind yeah. of drift, we drift into a better state of flow. We somehow find ourselves where we're meant to be. I'm and that whole say, night yeah. I was like, I just, this is where I was meant to be. Not that other out of town trip, but this local experience that I never saw coming, like it felt so healing and yeah. just being able to, you know, then swim in that pool afterwards of the sunset over the mountains. I was like, and I live wow. in paradise and I can have the kind of the healing and the quiet that I need, but also it gave me connection to something in the, in the future that I've been wanting. And of course you were where, and of course you were when you needed to be weren't you i think they're two very amazing things yeah. the where and the when is absolutely incredible absolutely, but, um, yeah. now listen i will draw our chat i'll tell you the real reason is i've got to go and get my four-year-old son from daycare <laughs> but again such an honor <laughs> and i will um i'm going to promote that so maybe you could email me a direct link to that survey yeah. the coincidence survey i'll put that I out will. there as well and yeah let's let's keep in touch i'll throw you an email from time to time if anything sort yeah. of uh, relevant or good and likewise anybody that wants to guest with me it will be an an honor to be uh, in your circle of coincidence <laughs> well i will tell you one last thing for anybody if you have this part in your uh podcast we're gonna go on to clubhouse a new social media app soon yep. and we're gonna start a um the coincidence project's gonna create a room and start to host gatherings where people can show up and talk about their coincidences in real time with other people and so in the next month or so we're gonna get regularity on clubhouse going and we already have this once a month gathering that I wanted to invite you to in particular that Please. we're calling the Coincidence Cafe. 
where nice. it's on um, the third, you know, it's on a weekend day. We meet in a Zoom room. Right now we have it as invitation only. We may eventually open it up so other people can register. But I think we're going to try out Clubhouse as that sort yeah. of open space. Right now we've got this more um, invited group of people interested that just want to talk about coincidences. Yeah, we invite come, me up in. With I would love that. Topics, different questions. And um, we meet for like an hour and a half. And we have people from around the world. I mean, this is not, um, you know, at, in any way, shape or form, navel gazing, focusing only on people like ourselves. We really want people from diverse walks Everywhere. of life, diverse ages, yeah. um, all different religions, all different races, all different demographics, you know, uh, you name it. We want all kinds hey, of. I love that. Hit me, up, hit me up with the invite for that. I will get myself on Clubhouse and I will join you for that Coincidence Cafe. And That's we'll great. make sure that we solicit some more people to come in and talk about it it's so nice to talk about these kind of things than all of the negativity that's been around for the entire like last year and maybe even beyond and, yeah. you know so no i will love and leave you for now and yes. thank you again <laughs> <laughs> yes, just you. remember we've gotten through the plague and we are ready for the renaissance bring so on the renaissance get, get positive ready for the renaissance absolutely <laughs> lovely thanks all again right. julia thank i really appreciate it all You're right welcome. all the best bye-bye all right Passing coincidence, or maybe something more. When something bewilderingly good or simply mind-boggling has happened in your life, share your stories and feature as a guest by emailing info at passingcoincidence.com. Until our paths cross for the next episode, like us on Facebook, search Passing Coincidence Podcast 